happy July 1st. Yes. Uh, I hope your 4th of July plans are cemented. Yes, because it's too late to RSVP for any of the big soirees. Yes. Yes. Um, this month is kind of a... Uh, the theme is amorphous. Is that the word I want? Sure. Do you want to introduce yourself? Right? Yes, I'm Colleen Smith. I'm Mary Jo Smith. No, no relation. relation. Uh, our theme this month uh, is like the first time I clashed with a sibling. Yeah. Or we played with betrayed by a sibling. Yeah. Or got into it. Or it got really real yeah, with, with a sibling. sibling. So basically, you're just going to hear a bunch of sibling stories. Basically, if you have a sibling or are a sibling, this month's podcast is for you. Yes. Yeah. And it's big moments with siblings. But that sounds too big. It seems like The first Ken... time I had a big moment with my sibling. <laughs> yeah. Sounds <laughs> like sounds a Ken good. Burns documentary. I'm intrigued. Um... So our guests this month are Colleen O'Neill. Mm -hmm. No relation. No relation. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Aspinwall, Patrick Marks, and uh, Ian Smith, or Ian Dr. Phone Smith, who is related to me. Yes. But not to me. Uh, okay, so Mary Jo's going to start us off. Oh, okay. Um, and my story is about my brother, whose name is Ian Smith. No relation. <laughs> um, who I get mistaken for on Facebook. Every once in a while. Oh, do you? I get friend ads from your friends. They're like, hey, <laughs> hey remember? Man. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, this isn't one specific incident, but this is this is the this is an epic sort of Game of Thrones um, <laughs> journey of my brother and myself. So my brother, just to sort of set uh, the stage, um, I'm the oldest of five. There are four girls and my brother. My brother's right in the middle. So he, he has two younger and two older sisters. So he's right in the middle. And uh, and um, today he's a he's a uh, I, we have a really good relationship, but um, not so much for most of my childhood. And my sister was complicit in a lot of the torture. So this is sort of just like a this is a terrible tale of how bad I was to my brother over several years time. And it started like. It started probably when he was around four or five, I'm guessing. Maybe, yeah, like puppy five. We would wa we weren't allowed to watch a lot of television. So we were allowed three hours of television a week. Ooh. Right. So <laughs> we had to, we chose very carefully. And, you know, those three hours, um, and one of those hours was always Little House on the Prairie. And if you remember the beginning of Little House on the Prairie, they're all running down a hillside, right? Mm -hmm. So, and there's there's three sisters, right? There's there's Mary, there's Laura, and there's Carrie, right? That was played by the twins. Right? One of them was blind. Right? No, she went blind later. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they would run down the the hillside to the do 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 the music do 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 do, and then as, so Mary would come first because she was the oldest, and I would go I'm and then here comes Laura and my sister would be like I'm Laura and then here comes Carrie and my brother would be like well, I'm not going to be her who am I going to be and they're like you're the dog and we would laugh hysterically and my brother would cry and he would run and tell my mom and then she would threaten to take the TV away and so we would promise not to do it again and then we would always do it again the next week so like we just did stuff like that to my brother constantly or for example here's another example um he, uh, we lived very weirdly. We, we, we were very strangely poor slash hippie weird people. And we had like this weird house. And so for some reason, my father, uh, built a bunk bed for my brother in the top of a closet. Like my brother was <laughs> sleeping in the top of a closet and we would like shake the closet door and scare me. Just my sister and I would scare the crap out of him. Um, and, uh, 
Oh crap, I lost my train of thought on, on uh, oh, so we would do this thing, we would play bank. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so we would play bank with my brother, my sister and I, Jenny, the one right under me. So we were like, all right, we're going to play bank. Ian, do you want to play bank? And he would say, yeah, I totally want to play bank. And I was like, all right, so this is how you play bank. Basically, I'm the bank teller, and my sister is in line, and I am um, handling her banking transaction, and my brother is in line behind her. And we would take our time and be like, and we'd have Monopoly money, and we'd, you know, some Monopoly cards, like, oh, you want to purchase this property? Very nice. How are you? How are the children? Like, we'd have these long <laughs> conversations, and I was probably like nine, my sister was seven, my brother was five, maybe, maybe ten, eight, we're all two years apart, so maybe ten, eight, six, somewhere in there. And, um, Oh, it's so nice to see you. And oh, here's your change. And oh, th- here's I'll stamp your your certificate. Here's your receipt. Thank you. Have a nice day. Come again. And my sister would walk away, and my brother would step up to the window, and I'd say, "We're closed." And I'd pull down <laughs> the imaginary gated window, and my brother would just be like, "What?" It's like such a Charlie Brown, Lucy with the football moment. Um, so we did that. We did that kind of that kind of stuff a lot. And I think I guess at some point. My brother just sort of had it up. And, and we would call each other horrible names. And we, I mean, I don't even know why we fought as much as we did. But we just <laughs> fought. We fought constantly. And we would kick each other. We would get physical. We would battle. We would just bruise each other and just beat each other up. And I, I just remember being so enraged by my brother. Like, oh, I hate you and I wish you didn't exist. And I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't, hate, I didn't want him to exist. But he, I didn't want him to exist. Um, so this all came to a head... Um, I mean, I'm sure we probably fought after this, but there was an epic battle. So at the time I was living, again, in community, so I was living with a bunch of families under one roof. And um, I had gone with my mother to the grocery store to do the shopping for the house, which is a lot of food. There was like, I think like 32 people living in the house at this time. Just tons of families. So there's, and I, my mother said, unload the car from the groceries, which is a lot of food, just schlepping. And my brother was supposed to be helping. And he was just kind of like, I don't want to help because I'm a boy and I'm Jewish and the Jewish boys are spoiled. He didn't say that. That's just my narrative. (laughs) Um, And, uh, (laughs) um, and. I just had had enough. I was like, you're totally ungrateful. I've been grocery shopping for like four hours with mom and you're supposed to be helping. And um, I took a dozen, took out the dozen, I had eggs in my hand and I opened it up and I threw an egg at him. And I missed. But uh, like uh, it was sort of on. Like that was it. It's on. And then he's throwing stuff and I'm throwing stuff and he's throwing stuff and we're yelling and we're screaming. And my mom is going, what's going on? What's happening? And the last thing that my brother threw was a fork. And I, I just so clearly remember that fork like end over end like <laughs> coming towards me like, in the kitchen and seeing this like big fork coming at me and it's stuck in my neck. And I have... A, um, feel right here. You can feel where oh the fork stuck me. Do you feel that in my neck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Fork stuck in my neck like a cartoon. Like boing. Like fork stuck in my neck. And then it fell out. And the second it fell out, my mom came around the corner into the kitchen. And I was like, oh my God. He, Ian threw a fork at my neck. And, it, and he was like, I did not. I did not. I threw it and it stuck in her hand. It was her hand. And I was like, it wasn't my hand. My hand's not bleeding. My neck is bleeding. 
But to, and to this day, that was my brother's defense was, it wasn't your neck, it was your hand. As if that, like, you still tried to kill <laughs> me with a fork. You still <laughs> flung a sharp object across a room, and it f- hit flesh and drew blood. I don't care what part of my body you hit. You damaged it. So that, that was, that was, that's the climax. We continued to fight for a long time, um, but he spent the night here last night. We get along great. <laughs> <laughs> But he did stick a knife, a fork in my neck. Do you have like a memory of the time when you guys started to be friends? Yeah, well, my brother went away. <laughs> uh, he um, he went away on a research vessel uh, for two years, and um, he was part of the Biodome project. So he, um, yeah, he was part mm. of the Biodome project. And so he spent two years on a research vessel, like circumnavigating the globe, collecting samples to go in the biodome for all of the different weather stations that they were creating in that project. And so when he left, and he left as a boy, like he left, he was 15, and when he came back, he was 17. And um, and this is like at the time when you could still meet people at the gate at the airport, which I miss. Mm-hmm. Like I really loved that, to be able to go to the gate and like, oh my God, and wait and anticipation and the jetway opening and people coming off. And... I just remember so clearly all of us were there and, and um, waiting for him to get off the plane and my eyeline was wrong because when he left he was a boy mm-hmm. and so I'm looking for un- unconsciously I'm looking at the height that I expect my brother to be and then all of a sudden I look up and I just burst into tears it was like here comes this amazing young man and I started crying and we're all crying we're all very dramatic and Jewish as I mentioned and we're just crying crying and I just that I mean that was sort of uh, he moved back moved to LA from the ship so and I was living here at the time so that's when we became close again or for the first time we had never been close prior to that but he started living here so we saw each other a lot and we we were roommates for like two seconds but uh, I kicked him out really fast (laughs) Um, so it wasn't over completely but yeah it didn't work out as roommates but we're really good friends now Oh, that's awesome. And he still lives here. He lives in Pasadena. What if when you said it was part of the Biodome Project, it was the Polly Shore movie? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was that reality He is Polly Shore, no relation. Which is the dome. Oh, the right? dome, yeah, on CBS. I thought, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? No. Oh. no. The Biodome was um, a project. She remembers. That's so stupid. <laughs> it was a project. They were building a big dome in, in right. Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And they were creating all of the... Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Wait, what was the boat doing? The boat was taking samples. Yeah, samples. He was taking (laughs) samples. Taking samples of like, uh, like coral reef, and he went to Panama Canal, like Peruca. They were taking like they were because they were building weather systems inside this dome, so they were studying weather systems and taking samples of things. They put the samples in the dome. In In the dome, right? You've seen the movie. I it's, didn't know they had coral reef in the movie. That's pretty accurate. He saw the dome, the reality show, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my story. Yay! Yay! Great, it's Patrick's okay. turn. All right, so um, well, we were at dinner the other night, and I was going to tell the story, and you said, no, 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 wait, wait, tell it yes. tonight. And so you know it, and I'm surprised you don't know the story about my sister. So I grew up in a family of four, four kids, 
My parents were born in Canada and we moved to, they moved to Chicago. So we grew up in the suburbs and I was, I'm the youngest of four and it was when I was 10 years old and we're all, we're good Catholics. So it's like, uh, my parents are good Catholics. So like four years <laughs> apart, you know, so I was 10, my brother's 14, 18, 22. So my sister's the oldest, there's three boys and she left home. She ran away for 18 years. And wow. so, but it's weird because she was, she was 22. So it's like she was old enough to leave home. But, um, and to this day, I don't really even know like what was the circumstances surrounding it or whatever. But, um, at the time I was 10 years old and I was, it was devastating. And, um, it was in, you know, the seventies and, um, she got in a huge fight with my folks. My folks, my mom had me when she was 40, Four. So she was that was old, you know, to have kids back then. And so um, we always had older parents. And so my my sister really never got along with my folks. And um, she liked this guy and my dad forbid her to see him. And she said, no, fuck you. I'm going to go um, um, live with this guy. And so she did. And that's what was the impetus of her leaving. And so she left home and um, we didn't find her for 18 years. And um it was weird because growing up during that time, like we didn't have answering machines or um, voicemail or anything. So every time we'd come home, like the phone was ringing, my mom would like throw the groceries on the ground and like run to the phone. And she'd always like just miss that call. And there was oh, nobody man. on the other end. And so this is what I grew up with. Like, and then my mother would go in her room and be depressed. And, and so what was the age difference? between um, you I was 10. She was 22. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 21, 22. That's a huge yeah. thing for a 10. -year -old. Big difference. So, and it was, it was just really hard to grow up and see my mother go through all that and my father. And, um, so cut to now, um, years later, I'm working at Lord and Taylor in Northbrook Court, um, in the suburbs of Chicago. And I'm working with this woman and her name is Lucy Gracie. And my sister, Deb, her best friend was, um, was, uh, Sue Gracie. So I'm working with my sister's best friend's mother and her and her daughter are estranged, so they don't talk. So, and Lucy and I both know who each other are, but we don't talk about it. Like for years, I worked there for like seven years and we never talked about it. Like I never said, hey, where's your daughter? And where's my sister? <laughs> so, it was just, right? It's just strange. It's so crazy. I know. And Midwestern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Midwestern. Um, so what happened was, um, about two years after I left that job, I got a phone call from a friend of mine and she said, hey, did you hear the news? I said, what? She said, Lucy Gracie died. And I said, oh my God, that's terrible. She said, yeah, the funeral's this Sunday. And so I said, great. And um, so I wanted to go pay my respects, but more importantly, I wanted to see Sue Gracie and like finally get to the bottom of like, you know, where's my sister? Is she alive? Is she dead? We don't know. So now this is 18 years later. So, um, so I go to the funeral and this girl comes up to me and she goes, are you Pat? And I said, I'm Patrick. And she said, I'm Sue. And I said, oh my gosh. And uh, I said, I just have to ask you, like, where's my sister? And do you keep in touch with her? And she said, yeah, your sister's alive. Um, she is married. She has a daughter named Taylor and um, she lives in the city. And I said, um, well, I would love to, you know, meet up with her and I'll give you my information. If she wants to get in touch with me, I'd love to do that. And, you know, she had asked me some questions. I said, my mom and dad are still alive. They live out, you know, out near Iowa now. And my brother's in a band. And I told her a little bit about that. And then I told her my other brother lives in the suburbs. And so that was the end of it. And um, 
couple months went by and um, now we cut to um, my sister. So um, my sister at this time had talked to Sue and Sue gave her my information and she was working in a restaurant in downtown Chicago and she didn't drive. She didn't have a driver's license. She never drove. She always took the subway or she took a bus. Um, so this one night it's pouring rain and the um, chef said, come on, I'll give you a ride home. And she's like, no, no, I'll take a bus. She's, he's like, come on, come get in the car with me. I'll take you. So she got in the car and they're driving home and they get to the corner of Clark and um, Clark and Belmont, I think it was, um, or Clark and Division. And they're right by the uh, Cubby Bear Lounge, which is where the right across the street from where the Cubs play. So it's pouring rain. It's like this movie, right? It's pouring rain. The windshield wipers are going. And my sister, they're at a red light. She looks up and she looks at the marquee and it's a scrolling marquee. And it says, Tonight Live in Concert, The Way Moves. And The Way Moves is the name of my brother's band. And I told Sue, I'd given her all this information. And my sister's like, stop the car. And the guy's like, why? She's like, I got to go in there. And so they pull over, they park, they go into the Cubby Bear Lounge, and it's packed wall-to-wall people, and there's a band playing on stage. And my sister goes beeline right to the bar and gets like two shots of whiskey, and um, <laughs> as she should. And she goes into the middle of the, the floor, and she's watching the band. And she says to the girl next to her, she said, do you know this band? And, and she said, yes. And she said, who is the um, drummer? And she said, that's Larry. And my brother's name is Robert. Um, and so she said, no, that's not him. And then she said, well, who's the lead singer? And she said, oh, that's Skid. Now, my last name is Marks. And my brother's name is Skid Marks. He, <laughs> he changed his name and um, he, because he was in the band. And he totaled five cars in three years. And that's how he got the nickname Skid Marks. So anyway, that's another story that should have been in your the first time I ever took a drug uh, <laughs> podcast. Anyway, so... She's talking to this girl and the girl says to her, she goes, who are you looking for? And she says, Robert Marks. And she's like, well, that's Robert. His name is Skid now. And the girl goes, wait a minute, are you Debbie? And she said, yeah. And she said, oh my God, I'm Skid's fiance. So this place is packed wall to wall and she's standing next to my brother's fiance. And so my sister, Debbie, goes and meets up with my brother Skid after the show and they talk and they, you know, get to see each other and so cut to about a week later I get this phone call and I pick up the phone and it's right after the holidays and this girl goes Patrick and I go yeah and she said this is Deborah and I thought it was a friend of mine Deborah I said hey how are you <laughs> and she's like I'm good how are you and she and I'm like I'm good I'm good what are you doing she's like um <laughs> sitting in my apartment um what are you doing I'm like great how was your holiday what'd you do did you go anywhere and she's like do you know who this is I said yeah it's Deborah and she said, no, this is your sister, Deborah." And I was like, oh, my God. And I started bawling and crying. And um, she said, I want to see you. And so I said, OK. So the next night I go over to her house. She gives me her dress. Um, her dress is about 10 blocks from where I am on the same street. We're living on the same street. Yep. And um, I, she opens the door and she looks at me and she said, were you in the restaurant the other night? And I said, what restaurant? And she said, shuckers. And I said, no, but I've been there before. And she had been my waitress. Like she had waited. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And then she worked at this other restaurant that was called the Melrose. 
in Chicago and um, she was my waitress there too. Like I'm like looking at this girl like you look so familiar. Um, but we never made the connection to that's the two and so figured it out. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So um, I met my niece Taylor and I met her husband and I told her that my brother had a nephew named Trevor and her name was Taylor so I thought that was kind of coincidence with those names like that. And um, and then we had to call my parents and we called my dad and by this time he'd had a stroke and so he got on the phone and I said, um, we found Debbie and he started crying. Now this is a guy who's like, he plays hockey, he's a hockey referee, he, I've never seen the man cry ever and he's bawling and my mom grabbed the phone and she's like, what's going on, what's going on? I said, I said, we're all coming home next weekend. I said, we found Debbie and my mom like lost it. And um, luckily we went home, um, Debbie met, you know, reconnected with my family, they got to meet you know, their granddaughter and their son-in-law. And um, my father died like a year later. Oh, my so God. So it was like, you know, wow. everything happened the way it should. And, you know, 18 years later, I found my sister. So, That's amazing. Yeah. I was completely riveted during that story. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I could continue oh to listen to this story. It's like... crazy. I can't believe you didn't know that. Parts of it I now remember. Yeah. But um, what I want to know, though... Was like her not reaching out to them over the years, just kind of like, what? Why? What was that? Yeah, it's so funny you say that because that's what I said too. I said, why did it take you so long? And she said, all of a sudden, like a year went by, and she's like, I couldn't believe a year went by, and I hadn't called home, and then a year turned into two years, and she's like, well, I can't call worse. now, and then two years turned into five years. She's like, well, I certainly can't call now. But what what I found out, like later on, like this is like a few years ago, she said, you know, I did one time call dad. She said, cause she knew where he worked. She called his office and he answered the phone and she talked to him. And it was like maybe like seven years after she had left, maybe or five years after she had left. Um, and so they talked a little bit and my dad said, can I give you a piece of advice? And what? she said, absolutely. And she was like so excited because this is like the sage advice, daughter, father, daughter advice that you want to hear. And my dad said to her, my advice to you is never have children. <gasps> and she was like, you know, a knife to the heart. Like, like that is not what she wanted to hear. And what he meant was, you know, they'll just give you heartache. And I don't know. He, he didn't mean it the way it came out, but it came out the way it did. And that kept her away for much, much longer than she would have you know, stayed away had he not said that. Oh my God, so, I wonder if that aided him. I think it did. Yeah. I think it did. It really did. He's also in pain, probably. He said that out of pain. Yeah. Probably. I mean... Oh, you mean he was sick? He No, I'm saying he was saying oh, it like... Oh, he was saying it out of pain, right. Yes. Yeah. And not thinking that was keeping It's exactly where away. it was coming from, right. It was just like, as oh, a mom, yeah. myself, saying intrinsically, like, don't have children because you're just going to break my heart. <laughs> that's what he meant yeah. and probably didn't think she yeah gonna... but the you know my mother was when she was dying my sister actually moved into her house out near Iowa and um, she was with her and she got to make her amends to her and my mother was kind of she was suffering from dementia at this time so I, uh, my sister went and visited her quite a bit and so she got to make her peace with her which was great because they just did not get along at all after the reunion after the reunion, before the reunion, <laughs> during the 18 years, yeah. 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 Even when they weren't around each other, they still did not exactly. get along. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. What an amazing story. That's Yeah, we just kept missing each other. Yeah, 10 blocks away. Yeah. 
And wow. you guys all look so much alike. Oh, yeah. That's it, the crazy thing about it. Right. Like, you and Skid look... Oh, we look like... Alike. Identical you guys, twins. You all look yeah. alike. Yeah. So, for her to not... Yeah, know. for you guys who have seen each other and not been like, we're related. Right. Mm-hmm. For you to see her, I Plus could I see... Plus, I was 10 years old. For you to see yeah. her, I could see, yeah. but for her She's to 21. see you, it's weird because you guys look so much alike. But maybe it's like... Mary Jo, like yes. looking down and Thinking then having to look up. Baby. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. If you if you look like your brother and you had older brothers, yeah. Like she knew what your brothers looked like when she left because she was twenty two and your brother was eighteen. You said. Right, but my brother Johnny doesn't look no. like us. Johnny doesn't look. And like And he was the one who was closest to her. Gotcha. Skid does. Skid and I look like. They are we like twins. Yeah. Twins. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. And what he was an fourteen. So. Story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole thing is amazing, but like that you were ten blocks away on the same street. Yeah. It is like a movie. Right. That's crazy. And then she runs, I mean, she's I'm talking to the one girl in the bar and it happened to yeah. be his fiance. You got to write nice. it as a movie. Right. Copyright it now. There's a C with a circle around it. <laughs> That's Ryan what that Tom means. <laughs> um, wow. All right. right. Yay. Yay. All right. I think we're moving on to the other Colleen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know where to begin um, with my siblings. So I am a, um, my dad has seven kids. Uh, my mom has two. So you can do the math on that one. I don't know. It's complicated. That's another <laughs> story. So you have two, one marriage, two, my sister and I, two, third marriage. And then he had one out of wedlock um, who we have never met. But again, that's another story that we found him on Facebook, but we won't out him here on this podcast because he's safe. Um, so it was just my sister and I growing up with my mom, single mom, working, um, mom, my parents divorced, separated when I was two and divorced when I was four. So it was really just the three of us, um, my whole life. And my sister and I were really close, I think for about a minute. (laughs) Uh, when I was like, if I can remember it, we were like friends for like a minute. And then it, I like to describe it as like we were teammates always, but we were, you said Game of Thrones earlier. It was very much like that. It was mm-hmm. like we were enemies and then, but nobody else could, we could fuck with, with each other, but no one else could fuck uh-huh. with us. It was that. What's the age difference? Four years. Okay. So we could murder each other, but no one else was allowed to murder us. That's how that worked out. And we did take full advantage of the attempting to murder each other on a regular basis. But I was four years younger and also much smaller. Um, my sister was a lot bigger, taller, stronger, always. So <laughs> I would never win. <laughs> but I fought very hard. And I thought that that was the normal, how normal siblings were together. I thought you beat each other up all the time. That's what I thought. <laughs> Um, that's what I thought. (laughs) I thought that that was totally normal. I also grew up in a neighborhood where, where siblings did physically fight each other, punching. And it wasn't just a simple, like I've much later seen like the, I have a only child, so she would never, but like, I've now seen like the poking and the, oh, she hit me. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) that's, you have no idea. That's not it. (laughs) (laughs) so as a very young age we were physically assaulting each other like 
on a regular basis. So my mom worked and she left us home alone uh, at six and 10, which back then was totally normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she did, to in her defense, she really did try to keep us with babysitters, but we would uh, make that murder them? as much. Well, no, they were <laughs> often trying to murder us. That's another podcast. But we would like tell these stories. You say you're very dramatic. We would like cry and like, please don't leave us with these terrible people. They're doing these terrible things to us. And blah, 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 blah. So she finally agreed to leave my sister and I alone at six and 10. And we had to go into the house and lock the door behind us after school. And we were not allowed to leave the house or cook or like we could not go outside or leave the parameters of this little apartment that we lived in, which again, we thought was totally normal. Um, so we were stuck together and I now know like my poor sister's life was probably so miserable of having to take care of this child who was like, play with me all the time and stop it. And I'm not touching you. And (laughs) so that started happening where we, we abused each other on a regular basis. And you talked about that. I wasn't even going to talk about that, but you talked about the fork in the Uh neck (laughs) and I totally forgot. So my sister, when I was, uh, I guess eight, seven, something had happened. She cried. So four years prior, 11, she was crying and my mom was consoling her and I was upset because something had happened to me and she wasn't making attention to me. And so I got angry and I took a pair of scissors and I threw scissors, you yeah. fork, fork, fork. <laughs> I took a pair of scissors and threw them at my sister and they stuck in her back. Oh. <laughs> In front of my mom. Like, my mom, I couldn't even lie and be like, oh, it's just her hand. No, I mean, it was like literally stabbed her in the back with scissors. <laughs> with force. And then sat there while my mom was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, that was the, our relationship. So that went on for years. So that was like six, seven years went on. She was forced to year after year be stuck summers. We weren't allowed still, like. She would lock me outside from, like, my mom would leave for work at 8.30, and then she'd be like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be, like, sweltering and sweating. She'd be in the air conditioning and, like, cool. And I was fine with it. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to play with my friends. But I couldn't go across the streets. So right. I had to only work within the blocks that I had. So I'd have to call people and be like, I can't come over. Can you want <laughs> And then I'd call up to her and be like, the ice cream man's coming. Drop me down money. It's just she'd like throw money only for herself, though. <laughs> and then she'd send me to stores. I'd get cross streets to go to stores to get her things, but only for her. That This is how my life was. And I'd get sweltering and hot, and then 5 o'clock would come, and she'd let, open the door. And let, I'd be sunburned and, like, <laughs> sweaty. And she'd let me in, and I'd be like, I'm totally. And she's like, how are you going to, it's your word against mine. I'm like, I have sunburn. <laughs> my mom's, mom's totally going to know. And my mom would just be like tired from all of the, now mind you, we would call my mom at work. <laughs> this goes to the that story. We'd call her constantly at work. She was in advertising and she had a secretary. And we would call, constantly call and be like, Phyllis, you know what? I need to talk to mom, my mom, because, and it was, Phyllis, and it was constant, like, poor mom, and this was in the 80s, poor Phyllis. so my mom's just, she doesn't have a degree, and she's just trying to, like, stay ahead, it's and totally these poor kids, right, she's and she's, like, 
told a story about how she once went to the Taste of Chicago after work, but she never went out after work, but, like, got stoned. She's going to hate this story. She got stoned with her work friends going to Taste of Chicago. (laughs) And was, like, guilt-riddled that she left us at home for longer than 5.30. And I was like, Mom, God bless you, because we were were murdering each other. (laughs) So, (laughs) amen. But I could never, there was never, never nothing that would say, like, Mom, look, I'm sunburned, I'm blistered. She's like, go to bed, take a shower, well, you're fine. <laughs> as long as you're not dead, right. I'm okay. So, flash forward to, like, it's building up in me. I'm becoming a teenager now. My sister's gotten some undesirable friends. She's gotten into drugs. She's got, like, sh- shit's gone real. And I've gotten power. And I've also gotten stronger. So we have a, now we've moved into a house. My mom had a boyfriend this whole time. We moved into a house. We got a pool, an above ground pool. Don't get fancy California style, but like an above ground pool. (laughs) Where I lived my entire life. And my sister never, she's very white and freckled. She never went out in the sun. But somehow this one day. Where did you live? I lived just outside the city of Chicago. So right, like city limits. Um, so I spent my, I also have, so I spent my life like vacuuming this pool, skimming it just for myself, floating around in it. Like this is my place of respite. So this one very hot day, I woke up and I'm sitting in the living room getting my bearings and the air conditioning and it, uh, my sisters, all of her friends came over. We're not allowed to have friends over also, by the way, during the day. Which we also broke all those rules. <laughs> Five o'clock though, everyone's out the door. And my sister's friends came over, they were having a pool party and they're all in the back. And I'm like, fuck. Now I can't be in my place with all of her friends that were very um, thuggish. And I hear her screaming at me, Colin! Colin! Screaming. Through the air conditioning, doors closed, like neighborhood screaming, screaming, screaming. I'm like, 14. I was 14 at the time. So I let this go on. Finally, I get up to go to the back yard and open the screen door. What? And she throws this float raft, unblown up float raft, in front of all her friends at me. Blow this up. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, you heard me. Blow it up. Now she's like, she was like the Queen of Sheba, like sitting on the deck with her friends. They're all floating on my raft in my pool that I cleaned for myself. And the heat is just burning up inside of all of my hair. You know, Zadie's also. I had perm and everything. So did my sister. This is important to the story. So there's a lot of hair and hairspray and curls and very long. And I was like, fuck you. Which, by the way, I would never say to my sister. There were things you don't, you, we didn't say to each other. Like, we didn't call each other ugly or fat or a bit. Like, there was, we didn't cross those lines. But I was like, fuck you, you're a bitch. <laughs> and she then took the pump, which, by the way, she had in her hand. The whole time. She could have done it herself. You could have fucking done it yourself. Yeah. And she throws the pump at me, and it hits me in that. So all of her friends are now like, ooh. Well, you know, that like fires you up even more. So there are 18-year-olds and one 14-year-old, girls and boys, her friends, and then me. 
This is like your personal Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. And now I am, the just the rage inside of me cannot contain itself. I cannot do it. And she's just, we could see it in each other. Like this is about, to, the, it, the switch is about to go. And I'm like, I, I was just like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I like threw it back at her. She never moved so fast. <laughs> In her life. I was not prepared at this rate at which she could move, actually. Because she was always very slow. So she was from the deck to where I was at the doorway, like in a hot second. I couldn't even get back in the door fast enough. And she had had her hand. Now, we lived in a brick bungalow, like Chicago-style brick bungalow. Mm -hmm. So the whole back is like brick. She had had her hand... Wrapped up inside of my very long, curly, permed hair <laughs> before I could even get the door closed behind me. And it was tight. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. So she was like, you're dead. It was one of those. And her friends were like cheering. Oh I'm God. alone. And I'm like, no, I'm not going down like this. We were just talking about this. Like, I'm, It's like fight. To, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to go down to the death. I can't quit. I'm not a quitter. So I'm like, go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing but my flaily, flaily arms and like my sister. So she takes my face and runs it <gasps> against the back of the brick house. She doesn't like this story. <laughs> I love Because she's story. so much better. Like the, the, our, we've changed. We've evolved. But this was a thing. So she goes halfway against the brick wall and I'm like pulling hair hair is flying for her hair is flying I'm kicking I'm fighting no one moved off the deck or out of the pool by the way to save us or stop us which would not happen today she gets halfway through which is the door point looks at me now it was clearly must have been bleeding profusely at that point and she says are you finished <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> so then she proceeds to. Now most people would have looked because my sister was. She's very sensitive, like emotional and sensitive. Like Clearly. she Clearly, gets, yeah. she gets scared about that kind of stuff. Like oh, oh, whoops. But she didn't in this point. The rage. So she took it the rest. Like we missed the door, and then she took it the rest of the way. Now I know at 14 I was like thinking, I'm gonna be this superstar actor. This is my face. <laughs> <laughs> I was very like into like creams and all. And I did not care. So we get to the end of the brick and I look at her. I'm still she's all tangled up in the hair and I have chunks of like <laughs> chunks of her hair in my hand. And I look at her and she looks at me and we both were like, oh. Like, she's missing spots. I'm bleeding. And her friends, who were very gangster thug, were like this. To describe it for yeah. the listener, they're a gob. Yeah, yeah, to describe that. It's hard to describe. And then I was like, light bulb. Rant, because I was like, oh, I finally have proof. That was my thing. Like, oh, my God, I, fi I don't care about this. I don't care about this. I finally have the proof I need <laughs> to show what you did to me. And she knew it. So, like, I ran in the house. I get on the 
dial phone, which <laughs> probably people don't know, but it was the one where you could do the like finger dial the one hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, Buttons. And mm-hmm. I'm holding her off with a knife <laughs> on the other side because she's like, hang it up. Hey, and I'm like dialing my mom's work and holding her off with an, I'm t- oh, you're, I'm doing it. I'm telling her, uh, uh, you know, trying to stab at her as I'm dialing. And then Phyllis, Phyllis. <laughs> poor Phyllis, years later. I want to play Phyllis in the movies. I can still picture her and she, poor Phyllis says she's so sweet and her blonde hair and young. She's, and I'm crying. I'm like, she's killing me. I'm bleeding. You have to. I'm holding her off with a knife. And my sister is in the background yelling, like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And Phyllis is like, Colleen, your mom said not to put you through. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, Phyllis, this time it's for real. I'm really bleeding. And I'm, it's so, my sister picks up the phone on the other end, yelling at Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis, she's trying to stab me with a butcher knife. And Phyllis is like, I'm sorry, you guys. I have to hang up. (laughs) And she like hangs up on me. And I'm like, oh, my God. She's totally going to hurt. So I get in my room. Luckily, I put a lock on my door myself. I physically put a lock on my door to try to keep her out of my space. Not to keep myself safe. Just to keep her out of my shit. So I went in my room and locked the door. And the whole time, she was like, let me in. Let me in. And then as the day went on, so this is probably like 10 a.m. Wow. Like, oh as the day, so yeah. So God. as the day went on, she's breaking down because I'm not coming out. So now as it gets closer to five, she's tears have happened. She's trying to negotiate. She's like shoving things under the door. Like, please, please. Because five o'clock is getting closer. And I'm like, oh, no. I am not coming out. You are in so much trouble. Holy shit. And then anger would happen, and then it'd go down. And there was all kinds of stuff that happened. So finally at like 5.15, I unlock the door, and I have this towel just placed on my side of my face. (laughs) And she's like laying in the hallway, like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And I just walk over her like, I sit on the couch in the living room and I wait for my mom to open the door. As she comes in, haggard and tired, she looks at me and she's like, what the heck? Why do you have... And Phyllis called and and I just literally had to peel that that towel off the side of my face. And it was... And she was... Her face, my mom's poor face, was just like, Again, a dog. But she was like, what the hell happened? I'm like, I said she was killing me. I had to hold her off with a knife. And now, I may never, ever get to be an actor. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the end of that. Oh, my God. Wow. I swear to God. It's surprising that I have no scars. I can see this as a movie. Like, I can see a young Helen Hunt, perhaps, playing you. Like, well, how about I play myself? Okay, you play your mother. You play your mother in this situation. Oh, I could play my mother in my... Yes, that's right. blame it on dermabrasion back then. You know, yeah. People, the, I mean, to this day, even when my mom and my sister do not like to talk about this 
story at all. <laughs> but when we do get to talking about it and wine is flowing a little bit, everybody always goes, it's so surprising that there is no scarring. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how that ever... Amazing. I mean, yes. like the pus yeah. and all oh. the stuff that happened after that. I think the story should be told from Phyllis's point of view. <laughs> That's, I was just thinking right. that. Phyllis, Phyllis is probably rocking oh. and like yeah, baby slapping her ears. Every night and like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That woman and her children, like she must have thought. Her children. I mean, I we see. tortured this poor girl. Yeah. Like, Phyllis probably she never had children. I, I, I see, like, Phyllis, Phyllis with half meetings. a bottle of wine yeah. from her way home, like trying to get in her door. Like, she was only yeah. like in her 20s. Like she was in her, she was probably 22, 23 years old. And she, I mean, the shaking. I have to hang up. The shaking in her voice. She's like, I'm sorry, Kelly. Your mom told me. I'm like, she's killing me. And I still think of her to this day, and I wonder, like, what is she doing now? I, I swear, I've seen, I mean, she's probably rocking. Like, did she die? Did that poor kid die? Because, I mean, that was 14, and there was years more things that happened after that. Were oh, it kept the, going. Oh, yeah. There were no repercussions. No. I mean, my sister got, like, in trouble. We didn't ever get hit. Like, we got punished, but it was more of a punishment for my mom to keep us in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Longer than, like, a, a night. She's like, okay, I can't. I can't. Just go. Everybody go. Get out. Just get out. So, yeah. That you, was it. You grew up in Cicero, right? Mm. I did. Yeah. Al Capone, Cicero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hardcore. Mm. She grew up in the bad part of town. Yeah. I did. Yeah. That's, I mean, my sister is the reason I had to learn how to, I was eight. My kid's 12, I can't even imagine. I was eight, my sister made me fight another eight-year-old girl because she was, quote, I'm using air quotes, bullying me. We didn't use bullying back then. She was just annoying me. And I would annoy my sister with the stories all day. So then she was like, I can't take it. Eight and 12, right? Yeah. She's like, I can't take it anymore. You're going to just go up to her and, like, punch her in the face. And, and then I don't have to hear about it anymore. And I was like, I can't punch anybody in the face. I can't, I can't do that. She's like, well, you're going to punch her in the face or I'm going to punch you in the face. And I was like, oh, well, if that's the options. It's life skills. Right. I was like, I don't want you to punch me in the face because I know what that feels like. Right. So if I just punch her in the face. I'll just get it over with. <laughs> I didn't end up punching her in the face. She'll probably, she might hear this and be like, she didn't I pushed her from the behind, which is a total cheap shot. She's at home doing a podcast now about the first time she got punched in the face. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't punch her in the face. She I got did. pushed from behind. I pushed her from behind and she fell on her face. Their theme oh is way clearer. Right. The first time I got pushed my, from behind. My, right. That story was amazing. Yeah. All right, we're moving to Michael. All right. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so my story is different um, than that story, than all of these stories, actually. That's good. Um, so when Colleen asked me to do this and she was like, the first big fight with your siblings, and I was like, hmm. Um, let me put it this way. Uh, I have so, so many close friends, like an, a ridiculous amount of people who I'm really, really close to. And my two very best friends are my brother and my sister. Like... We never fight, and we didn't growing up. Mm. We're all shockingly different. Um, but I'm the oldest, 
Uh, my brother's two and a half years younger. My sister's two and a half years younger than him because my mom's very organized. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, she just says that when she hears it, she's going to be like, mm-hmm, yep, that, yeah, I organized that. <laughs> um, she picked appropriate ages to have children, and she was ready. Um, so all growing up, we were we were all really different, but like... I don't know, the older that we got, the closer that we got. And now, um, we none of us live near each other. So I live here in Los Angeles, and my sister lives in Colorado Springs, and my brother lives in Montana, where I grew up. Um, so, like, to get together is like a fucking event. Like, we make an event happen, because it's like, we don't get to do this very often, let's have an event. Yeah. So, normally it's like associated with holidays, right? We would all go to my parents' house and have event, right? And then <laughs> and we would event, and um, and then like my brother got married, and then it was like, oh, we're that's definitely a fucking event, you know? Let's have that event, great. And then my sister got married, and it was like, yes. And I thought about talking about both of their weddings because we were all three in every. I sang at both my brother and sister's weddings. Um, my brother actually married my sister and her husband, oh, um, nice. you know, so stuff like that. But I was like, there's nothing that really that funny about. <laughs> any of that so I was like what am I going to talk about so <laughs> I decided to talk about the first time that we took that show on the road <laughs> so for Thanksgiving one year this is going to be this is going to be two Thanksgivings ago two years ago on Thanksgiving um, the only person who's going to laugh at that is my dad <laughs> great so uh, <laughs> um, there's we decide that the place to have our Thanksgiving is we're going to rent a big fuck house in Las Vegas. Ooh. We're all going to stay in this big house. A fuck house? J- yeah. It, no, like a, yeah, no. no. Just like, just like a big house. Okay. A just fucking a, house. Yeah, just a big, big fucking, fucking house. house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck house? That was concerning. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got that's together at a whore house. We brought all the children. Podcast, yeah. yeah, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, so at this point in life, my sis- my brother has two little girls. Uh, they're great. Uh, they're absolutely adorable children. And my sister has a little boy. So everybody's coming. We're all staying in the same house. <laughs> and in my family, that's okay. Like we yeah. do that and it works. Oh, yeah. We're going to actually do it. That's what I'm doing for the 4th of July. We're going to my brother's house. All of us, we all live there. And, and there we go. Um, so we get to Las Vegas and it's going to be really fun. Everybody's super excited, and uh, we wake up. It's not Thanksgiving morning. It's the day before, and my mom, because she's my mom, very casually goes, you know, your father and I could put the kids to bed tonight if you want to do something. (laughs) And I was like, the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, we want to do, so we're going to do something. Now, we joke, my brother's wife, Lucy, um, we call her the closer, because when you say we want to do something, Lucy's like, okay, well, here's how much this is, and here's how much this is. I have this person on the phone. Like she's ready, and she's already done with any idea that you are that you just started. I like Lucy, she's awesome. Um, so I look at my brother and sister, and I was like, do you guys want to go hard in the paint tonight? Mom and Dad said they put the kids to bed, all three of them, and they were like, yes. So uh, we decide to have American honey for lunch. What is American honey? It's uh, whiskey with like. <laughs> infused with honey okay. now my brother oh, and sister I thought it was like some sort of drug and I oh was no like, damn no, it's like it's I like a... it was ham yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was 
about it with ham. Um, my brother and sister uh, don't, um, they have little kids. Like, they don't drink that much, you know? And I'm pretty good at pacing myself, <laughs> which my brother and sister at this point in life are not, you know? Secret part of the story that nobody knew at the time, that morning, Lucy had woken up and peed on a stick and she was pregnant. Oh. And she didn't say anything to anybody, but she was like, I'll tell you what, I'll drive the getaway car. You guys go hard in the paint. And we were like, great. So we have whiskey for lunch. And my brother was lit. The mm-hmm. drunkest. It's just the three of you, no spouses? Uh, no, the Lucy spouses. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy's there. Right. Right. Yeah. So okay. my brother's Derek, uh, my sister Sarah, my sister-in-law oh, Lucy. Sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah, my sister-in-law Lucy and my brother-in-law Clay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're all, the five of us, are just drink. I mean, we started drinking about one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and so I go to the closer, Lucy, and I'm like, what if we saw a show? And she was like, there's this show and this show and this show and this show. And this show, and this show. And she's like, I just bought five tickets to Mystere. It's at eight o'clock. And I'm like, amazing. We're going to a show. I love a show. And like, notoriously, like, my family could have fun in a stalled elevator. Like, it's just like, what, a space? And oh, we're all here? Great. Let's play a game. Um, so this day, we get ripped. Just like ripped drunk. And then it's time to go to Cirque du Soleil. Grandma, Grandma, Grandpa are going to put the kids to bed. I've never seen Miss Dare. I hear it's a show. We're headed there. <laughs> so Lucy puts everybody in the, the rental car and we drive. Uh, and Derek, my brother, um, is hilarious sober and exponentially hilarious when he's drunk. So he's talking to everybody. My brother-in-law is kind of a prankster. So we get to the show and Derek and Clay decide that they're going to do a bit. So they're like, Derek's like, hey, Lucy, will you, you're the closer, you go find our seats. And I follow Lucy, and um, they give my sister's ticket to one of the clowns who's in the, Ugh. like, in the house that, you know how they do yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the bullshit before the show? Yeah, they're um, wandering around in the... So Sarah drunkenly follows this clown, and he's like, do you need help finding your seat, ma'am? <laughs> and then Derek and Clay disappear. So she's like... He's like, who are you here with? And she, Sarah doesn't understand that this person is being heard by the entire audience that's oh. already sat down. Like, she is the show at this point. Oh. So this clown, like... And she's drunk. She's drunk. Um, so this clown goes, who are you here with? And Sarah turns around to say, my brother and my husband, and they're both gone. And my sister goes, I guess I'm fucking alone. <laughs> to the audience. She's like, yeah, I'm here fucking alone. Thanks. So this clown like like does the little trick where uh, like wants a kiss on the cheek and then kisses my sister on the mouth. She's completely grossed out, oh. and then he finally leads her back to her seat where she disowns her husband. Like she's <laughs> like, "This is my brother. This is my brother. This is my sister-in-law. I don't know who that is." And like sits down next to my brother. We're so pumped to see the show. <laughs> so pumped, and this is where we lose. Uh, <laughs> this is where we just hardcore lose <laughs> because at the beginning of Mystere if you've never seen it haven't 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 seen it a gigantic <laughs> right of course so this gigantic fucking man dressed as a baby <laughs> like he's I'm gonna go 300 to 350 pounds in a diaper and a bonnet comes out of a wall playing a bass drum I'm out and, I'm in and like, all of us are, like, drunk, and we're like, where's the acrobatics? And then there's just this man-baby 
who's like calling everyone in the audience mama for yeah. what seemed like ever. He's like, mama, mama, more drumming. And like my entire family went from like, we're having the time of our lives, we're going out in Vegas to like, I'm sober and hungover. <laughs> like, I don't remember anything about that show except this man baby appearing all the time. My brother, like, this is my memory of Mystere. There's a man baby. I have to pee so bad. Why is there a giant snail? Oh, it's over? <laughs> oh like, that's what I know of that show. Um, my brother had to pee so bad that he got up three times in an hour show. And um, I talked to both of them today about this. And my sister was like, yeah, don't forget the last time I went to the bathroom. I was like, what happened? Because she was sitting next to him and I wasn't. Um, he, like, wormed his way back into the aisle and sat down next to my sister. And he was like, I just fucking barfed all over that bathroom. <laughs> And my sister goes, oh, cool. Hey, guess what? That man baby's back. <laughs> like, it was like, that was our night. And so we leave the theater. And now we're, like, like hungover sweats. By the way, it's 9.15 at night. Like, we were going to go. Remember when we were going to go hard in the paint? Fail. It's 9.15. So we're like, let's get a yard of margaritas. That lasted one lap around the casino. And then we got in the car and went home and went to bed. Did you share it? Yes. We yard. shared a, a sad yard of margarita. Oh, and which is all sugar and it's just, Yeah, and so that made the next day even worse. And my nephew Mitchell was, I think, the first one up. Um, 5 a.m. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, wait, so, were your parents still up when you got home? Mm-hmm. And so what, yeah, and they were like, what are you doing? We're like, we just saw a baby and it was not... It was like, there was a snail and people and Sarah made out with the client. We got to go to bed. Like, it's just all... Like, that was the three of us, our first night in Vegas, <laughs> all together. Oh. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> that they do in um, uh, Knocked Up. It's that same show they go to where they're, oh. they're high on mushrooms. Oh, right. Yes. Why do I know that, though I haven't seen the show? Yeah. And they freak You're out right. because there's a, a big clown and a snail. And yeah. I was like, why do I know that? Why do I know that? It's that. And now the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and the snail comes out of. I mean, I was not sober when That's I watched this. That's not Britney Spears' show. But I'll like, tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I've seen other Cirque du Soleil shows, and I was like, oh, it's acrobatics, and then fell in love with the show. Like, I was like, it's so good. Uh. And so I was like, oh, it's Cirque du Soleil. It's gonna be that. Like, I'm about to go fall in love in the theater again. And then I was like, I don't. That's it. There is no acrobat. Acrobat. No, there. I know there were acrobats. He was too drunk and alarmed. Right. I remember like. Drunk and alarmed. I remember like. Title for a book. Drunk and alarmed. Drunk and alarmed. The Michael Aspinwall story. I was gonna say that's my that's my novella. Yeah. Right. Cheers. Yeah, I remember at one point there were like two large Russian men and they were both bald and one was doing a one-handed handstand on the other's bald head and I was like ew okay that's gross and then to me. out comes the baby and the drum like I was like oh fuck oh, here we go again it's wow. like so when did Lucy tell everyone she was pregnant um she literally Just... found out that mo- morning and so she went to the doctor and waited um and Kayla was born at the end of July uh-huh. um so she'll be two uh this July July 17th Oh, you should have named her Mystere. This is my daughter, Mystere. Snail. Uh, or snail or, or, or baby with drums. Right. Baby with... Baby this, with is, this is uh, uh, Addison, our oldest, Reagan, our middle, and uh, baby with drums. Yeah. <laughs> you should just call her that. 
Just margarita. She would actually go for it. You're like, that's what I associate. Sorry. This is American honey. American honey. Yeah, let's all go to Buckhouse. Let's get a Buckhouse this summer. I think that'd be good. You want to go? I'll go in. When he said Buckhouse, I was like, yeah, that was down with Buckhouse. With American honey ham. Yeah. That's what it's loaded with. American honey ham. American honey ham. Yard margaritas. I just met another thing you said. I just met new friends. Yeah. Roommates. Honey ham and Buckhouses. Yay! <laughs> Honey ham. All right. All right. I think it's right. my time to bring it home. Uh oh. Okay. So, um, I have a similar relationship with my siblings that Michael does. Um, I'm very close to them. There are four of us. Um, we were all three years apart. So, we're very Dr. Spock E. Um, uh, actually, <laughs> technically, uh, my little sister is two and a half years younger than me, but in terms of schooling and life, she's three years younger than me. So, um, the four of us were all really close, and we've had moments of being closer and, and less close, and um, Ian, Dr. Phil Smith, and myself, and my little sister Jennifer all live in Los Angeles, and Jennifer and I live together. Our older sister lives in Washington, and she got married. Uh, you know, she betrayed our lives. <laughs> and she has children. She's participating. Um, so she's not as much part of the, like weird nexus of smiths though she is but you know she has an, she has children to raise and a husband and a life but um we were all the four of us are always very very close and we've all lived together in hawaii and in los angeles at some point but um this weird kind of interesting thing happened with the three-year demarcation in our our births which is we went through to the school uh called holy trinity and it was a k-12 through thing so I'm pretty sure when we moved to Hawaii and we were there and we, we worked it out that Heather was in eighth grade, Ian was in fifth grade, and I was in second grade. So the three of us were only in the same school for a year. And then Heather went to high school. And then Jennifer eventually got in, so into that school. So then we were in that same school together for a while. And I feel like every time a Smith kid went to high school, they had time alone. They weren't around the other Smith kids in school. So Heather had her first three years of high school and then her senior year, Ian was a freshman and they kind of interacted, but not, I'm looking at Ian, he's shaking his head, but not a ton. And then um, Ian went to high school and it was the same thing. Like his freshman year, Heather was there a little bit, but it was like freshman, sophomore, junior year, he was alone. And then his senior year, I was a freshman, and Ian, he feels guilty about this, but he sort of looked out for me a tiny bit. Some One of his friends gave me a ride home from school once, but <laughs> Ian basically just ditched school all the time, so I would just get him into trouble, not intentionally doing it, because I would be talking about what happened in school that day, and Ian was so stoned, he'd be like, really? I'm like, don't you remember? <laughs> and he didn't remember that he didn't, he wasn't even at school, like, because like, no. I don't think... I might have been like, Ian, remember you were there? And he'd be like, uh. Like, he would be talking about like a, an event or something. And yeah. I would just have to fake it. Like, yeah, oh, you'd have to fake yeah. knowing about it. <laughs> so I was alone for three years. And then um, then Jennifer, uh, my little sister, came in. And she actually, <laughs> I mean, if anybody was set up for success, Jen came in freshman year. She had a senior sister, and I like took care of everything for her. I helped her plan out her schedule. I helped her do everything. Get she took a gym in summer school because I learned that was a thing you do because you don't have to take gym all year and it's way less of a thing. I mean, she had all the advantages that I could bestow on her. Uh, but anyway, in the Smith kid dynamic, um, Ian, Jennifer, and I are 
best friends with each other now. Um, but there's been some and waxing and waning and whatever. But Jen and I have always been confused as a unit, even though she's two and a half years younger than me. And we've always been treated like we're twins. There are a lot of pictures of us as children dressed in the same clothing, but slightly different coloring. Um, we've just always been this unit thing and we still sound exactly the same if you listen to the previous podcast you'll hear something where Jen tells a story and it sounds exactly like and we live together now and and the thing about our unitness also is Jen kind of matured up and I kind of innocented down so we even though there were definitely older sister little sister dynamics no no I when I first met you guys I was shocked to learn that she was younger than you yeah me too just presented it didn't not that Jennifer appears old to me but like it just I just assumed yeah and I it's a weird thing because I would do things that older sisters do like she would bring her friends over for a sleepover and I'd be the older sister who would show up and kind of run the sleepover, you know. But I was still hanging out with her friends. Um, and we would do things like, I'm an actress and Jennifer isn't, so there are things I would play for the attention. Like I would play innocent because I knew it was endearing, even though I didn't think it. And Jennifer's always been like, truth, honesty, like this is how you are. Um, so... <laughs> That was our relationship for a very, very long time. And she still is somebody who we are we're good we're a good match. That's why we we've lasted this long because she can be very innocent in a place where I'll be randomly knowledgeable and then and then the opposite. It, it, you can't predict it with us and we we help each other. And then when we when that gap is empty, then Ian comes in and fills it. <laughs> um and then or Heather comes in, our older sister comes in and fills it. So the four of us actually work really well together to to kind of fix each other's foils. Um so I feel like the the crux of the story is Jen and I got along most of our childhood. We had moments like there was some summer where I guess we were driving my mother nuts because we were fighting all the time about where placemats should be put. <laughs> <laughs> Not like forks and necks or, or yeah, no forks and necks. Um, and my mom had hat and she wanted us to take out our physical aggression on each other with a controlled pillow fight. <laughs> <laughs> was so dumb because I don't think either one of us hate each other because like we don't really manifest emotions in physical aggression. Basically, none of us. Like there was there was one moment which makes Ian so cringe where like Ian was playing, he got really far in a video game, and Jennifer like wandered in and disconnected a cord, and he was so no, mad. No, okay. You're going to tell it. Yeah, tell it. She was leaping back and forth in front of the TV screen over the Nintendo console to try to drive us crazy, my friend and I, and then she managed to snag the Nintendo console cables, send the whole thing flying, and and I yeah. took out my rage physically. Did you hit her in the head with the console? I hit her on the back with a, with a, a hand, a flat hand, and I left an imprint for a <laughs> Out, a couple out. You know that red sort of like you got You hit. probably left it for a minute. Yeah. I don't think you can actually hit a person and leave an imprint of a hand for hours. I think Ooh, it was a minute. Yeah. Does that happen? Right. And here's the thing. This is You can drag them across a brick building and not leave Yeah, that would leave forever. Here's the thing about violence in the Smith house. There are three girls and one boy, um, and a ter- not a tyrannical father, but for the for the, the, the this story, a tyrannical father. Like you don't beat up people. You don't do things. There is a sheriff in town and you're more afraid of that sheriff than any emotion you have at all. So, um, 
the only hitting or abuse that was allowed it was his. It, yeah, it was his. <laughs> and in my generation, because I think Ian and Heather beat each other up more, but in my generation, the only kind of law of the land was my dad's, but also Ian had rules, which was if you hit Ian, he hit you for hitting him, and then he hit you because you shouldn't have hit him. But the, it was still the same rule. Like, yeah. you, you got, if you hit him, you got hit twice. <laughs> um, but that was it. Like, those, and it made sense because it was like one for the hit and then one because you shouldn't have hit me. So there, there were rules. And we just, and also, this is another thing. Um, we're all giant children. Yes. So Heather is the smallest of all of us, and she ended up at 5'10, by the way, which is still not small. But she is the only one of the four of us who's had any story about um, getting into kind of fights. And I don't even she got into fights. I think she just kind of went like, you want to go? But none of the rest of us did. And I think because we were always big kids. So no one ever picked anything with us. It was like emotional scarring, but no actual physical thing. Because the truth is, it, I guess, if you I enlisted any kind of rage, we, we would all just naturally, just from our size, have 30 pounds on any kid our natural age. But anyway, so everything's going smoothly. Jen and I are best friends, still best friends, but there was that growth spurt where I had always been basically the same age as Jennifer. Jennifer had aged up, I had aged down, and but I went to high school, and I made friends in high school, and it was different, and I met kids that had come from different families and kids who, um, you know, their families were divorced or they were being raised by their grandparents because their mother was a drug addict and their dad died in prison and like, uh, just all this stuff. And I had, uh, we went to Catholic school K through eight. So when I got to high school, public high school, it was this big growth, like this huge growing pain of becoming a person and becoming more open and just figuring out life and not being naive because I didn't have that like Smith family logic around me. I didn't have this protective thing. It was like, oh, I'm me. And I'm the first time there's no one around to remind me of who I'm supposed to be. I get to redefine who I am and I'm making these new friends. And so it caused this moment of um, just like a growing pain between me and Jen. And so I don't remember why, but we were walking through our neighborhood, the two of us, and we got into a fight. Just, it was a growing pains fight. I think she was maybe telling me something or I was telling her something. We were both kind of vying for power and authority or whatever. But we get into the dumbest fight in the universe that comes to, like, her telling me she protects me from information I can't handle. <laughs> and I was Ooh. like, well, what? What is the thing you can't tell me? And she goes, I'm not going to tell you. It's too dramatic. And or, No, she didn't say dramatic, but she's like, you won't be able to handle it, Colleen. And I was like, just tell me. And she goes, Heather had an AIDS test. <laughs> Your sister had Yes. So she told me our older sister, Heather, had an HIV test. And what's funny is I called Heather to check if she was cool with me telling this detail. And she's like, I can't imagine why I would have told Jennifer that. And I'm like, I guess you did. But, um, or she overheard it. Or she phone. overheard it or something. But I, my response to Jen saying that was like, okay. Like, I, and it, honestly, in Jen's mind, she was correct. The Colleen that had existed predominantly is the Colleen that my mom used to say, like, I was taking Japanese classes when I was like six or seven, and then I saw Tora 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 and sobbed and went like, "Why were they bombed?" It's like I'm a very emotional, upset human. So um, that kind of thing would have really 
mess me up if I was the other Colleen. But I wasn't that other Colleen anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, yeah, like I have friends that have taken, you know, HIV tests. Like that makes sense. And then this is the th- my favorite part about mine and Jennifer's relationship is we got into a fight, which I <clears throat> talked to her yesterday about this and she reminded me. We got into a fight about how I thought she'd be a good parent and she didn't think she would. <laughs> this is the fight we had. We're basically, we're sitting on a curb well, in Hawaii. Wait, and that came out of the AIDS test? I don't know the tangents, okay. but it basically. But it's all part of the same it's conversation. It's all part of the same okay. conversation. And you're in high school. I'm in high school. She's in probably She's in eighth grade, seventh oh. or eighth grade. So she hasn't gotten in high school yet. Okay. Uh, but it becomes this thing about like, you don't know me. And I'm like, you're a good person. Like, this is the fight. You're a good person and you're loving and you're kind. Like, no, I don't think I'd be a good parent. I could, I, I think I would beat a kid if I had him. So I'm like, you would never hit a kid. You would never do that. And she's like, you don't know. Like, we're fighting about that. And then she's eight. Yeah. She's eight. <laughs> so, like, in real, like, realistically, I was probably 16 and she was probably 13. So, um, we're fighting about this. And I go, you are, because the truth is, my sister is the most generous, loving, kind human being most humans have met. Like, mm-hmm. I still, I, I mean, I know now as an adult, like, she doesn't want to have kids and she, it would be something that she would, she, this is why she's so awesome. She'd never have kids because she wouldn't want to ever give them a feeling like they weren't wanted. She wouldn't ever do anything horrible to them ever, even if she wanted to because she was frustrated. But that's why she'd never have kids. Also, I don't think she wants them, but she'd also never have them because of that. So that's her logic, but we're all super young. Um, so she's just talking about the fact that she gets frustrated and, and she doesn't like the idea that she is not in power or in control of her own frustration and therefore she doesn't think she'd be a good parent because she thinks a good parent should be somebody who's infinitely patient and wise. So she's still amazing. Like she's still an amazing human. So me being her sister is going, you're amazing. And we're <laughs> sobbing. And I'm going like, you're the best person ever. Whatever. And she's like, no. And we got some fight about how she wouldn't beat her kids. And I'm like, you're not capable of violence or something. And then she just goes, I am. And she hits me. <laughs> and To prove that she's she, capable to of prove violence? Or because out of frustration, one or the other. And she doesn't hit me in any kind of real way, but she, it's her, it hurts, and it's like a side fist at some part it's of like, my upper torso. I don't remember what it is. But Jen's fighting like plan through her entire childhood was to land like one good blow and then just bury her head into your chest. <laughs> Which boxers, I think, do. I was going to say, it's a very holy yeah. field. Kind and of we, not, we've never watched boxing, but this is Jennifer's plan. So she, she hits me. <laughs> hard somewhere in the face or neck area and then buries herself in my chest and then i have never hit anybody but jennifer like she's the only human i've ever hit in my life but she hits me and i'm like what the fuck and she buries her head in my chest and so and we've had this fight i think three times in our childhood and then i just like pound on her back because <laughs> i'm like yeah god damn it and i hit her like three times and then and that's all I remember of that moment, which means knowing me and Jen, we stopped, we pulled away, we realized it was, we were at a standstill, it was a ridiculous argument, or we cried and like worked I'm it sorry. out. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, and whatever, it's all right, I love you, or whatever. And then like, 
That was it. Like that. So, <laughs> but to me, the, the significance of this is less the idea of like fighting with your sibling or whatever. Cause like when I was thinking about this, I'm like, I haven't gotten into huge fights. Like, um, Ian probably has better, he and Heather stories, but, um, I think the idea was more that moment where something changed in your relationship. And I, it, for me, it's my slightly declarative statement of like, I'm not, it's, it's outgrowing the legend of our family and the legend of myself. I was, the legend was Colleen as the like naive idiot who doesn't know anything. And I'd had these three years alone in a school where there's no older or younger sibling to protect me or maintain that legend. And I had to find out who I actually was. And that jarred with Jennifer's perception of me and our dynamic. And we had to figure it out. And it was, it, it actually culminated in one of the like tiny amounts of time where we actually had, you know, any kind of physical fight with each other. I can't even imagine you guys hitting each other. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I can't. And it's worth noting, if I didn't already say this, for anybody who's listening to this, so and Colleen has a sister named Jennifer and a brother named Ian, and their last name is Smith. I have a sister named Jennifer and a brother named Ian, and our last name is Smith. So if you're listening, yeah. that is not my brother Ian. Yeah. It's not Mary Jo's brother Ian or Mary Jo's sister Jennifer. It's Colleen's brother yeah. Ian and Colleen's sister Jennifer. The problem is our parents made poor decisions, and they gave us very bland first names. <laughs> Yes. To a couple, our very bland last name. Yeah. So now we're all connected. Yeah. It's impossible to Google us. <laughs> well, Colleen isn't bland. You can't find it on any keychain. Yeah, it is hard to you find Colleen. Can't find a keychain? No. Especially with two L's and two E's. Everyone spells no. it wrong. Mm-mm. If you go to get like a license plate or a magnet or a keychain. Shot glass. Yeah. You guys, my name is Michael. Like, that's everybody's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, name is, my name is Mary Smith. My name is on every sample check in every Well, bank. if it's just Mary, but if you want to name Mary Jo, you can't find that on a bunch yeah. of No, well, that's why I changed my name. But I was but, named Mary. Yeah, Heather and Jennifer, I mean, they have the two most common names of their generation. Mm-hmm. Heather Smith, Jennifer Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I See, thought it was awesome. You could find your name on any given thing at any given yeah. time. Yeah, when you're a kid, that's all you want. I yes. Well, I was always bummed because, like, on any team I was ever on or any class I was in, it was like, how many Michaels do we have? Four? Five? All right, great. Um, but my brother's name is Derek, which I think is an awesome name. And my yeah. sister has a family name, Sarah. But at the same time, my dad spelled it differently because he's a huge Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks fan. So we <laughs> named her after the song and dropped the H. Dropped the H. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I was like, you guys have a cool name. My name's Michael. My middle name's cool. My middle name's Garrett. It was like my parents got through my first name and then got creative. I like Michael. I like Michael Garrett. That's a good yeah. name. Michael Garrett. I do I, like I do Michael, like my name. Michael. And what's your last name? Aspinwall. Aspinwall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... like Michael Garrett. That's House questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Aspinwall, I could do a lot with. Yeah, that's good. All right, guys. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! Yay. Hooray! It's now time to tell the world where they can find you. I'm going to go this direction Excellent. with the microphone. Patrick? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Friendster <laughs> and MySpace. Swipe right. And uh, my Instagram Friendster. and my Twitter is Patch Marks. Patch. With the house spell marks. P-A-T-C-H-M-A-R-K-S. There you go. There you go. Hooray! Got it, Michael? Oh, boy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
let's see. You can find me on the Facebook. Um, <laughs> you can right fi- find me on the Facebook. I dare you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I have two Twitter handles. And this is a really dumb one. So <laughs> M underscore Aspie is my Twitter handle. And then I played a character on WWE for six months, and that character has a Twitter handle that's much more interesting to follow than mine. Uh, it's at Dr. Shelby Tweets. You can follow me there. Yay! WWE! Yay. WWE! Really? Yeah, he's a wrestler. Colleen. A wrestler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you can find... So Twitter... They're all the same. The right Colleen. W-R-I-T-E. You gotta oh. say that, because everyone spells it R. The... Mm-hmm. W-R-I-T-E, Colleen, two L's, two E, M. Yeah. On Twitter and Instagram. Don't find me on Facebook. Why? Because I don't really friend people I don't know on Facebook. All right. But you know but No, you know oh, what? You can you. find me on Facebook. I do have I did. I do have an actor page on there. Oh, we already follow each other. It's not that fun on that. All right. Mary Jo. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Mary Jo LA. You can find me on Facebook, Mary Jo Smith. Um, Our website is... Oh, so the website for the podcast is myfirsttimepodcast.net, and first is spelled out. Yeah. And on Twitter, you can find the podcast at myfirsttimepod, and first again is spelled out at myfirsttimepod. And we also have a Facebook page at uh, myfirsttime... Not at. Myfirsttimepodcast Facebook page. So find us. Find us, won't you? And And we're on iTunes. Yeah, we're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. You can download us. Um, for me, you can go to Colleen Smee, same spelling as Colleen as the other Colleen, uh, SMI, and I have ColleenSmee.com, and I'm on Instagram now, and there's this. Ian. Do you e- want... Ian Screams. Ian Screams. That's I-A-N, for those yes. of you who don't know. Yeah, and Screams. And um, there'll be, we mentioned this a bunch, but the music at the beginning and the end of every episode is written by Ian. It has nothing to do with the theme. It's just magical music that Ian comes up with. And the photographs and the website yes, the, are, go ahead. The photographs are done by Chick McClure. Yes. Um, and the website, we know, is myfirsttimepodcast.net. Yep. So go there and you can read everybody's bios and you can see pictures. And what's Chick's handle? Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, I think there's. No. I believe there are definitely permanent she links cha- on the website. He changed it recently because when he transitioned from female to male, he changed his name. So that's why I can't. Remember. And when we say that transition to female to male, if you want to listen to my first time, my body betrayed me. It's explained. It's also one of our favorite episodes. It's, it's true. Uh, so his new Twitter handle is at t chick photo. At t chick photo. Yes. Okay. Yep. Thank you, you guys. Goodbye.